It's so good to be with you this morning, uh, whether you are watching online or you're here in person. I love when we get together in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning. And so we are glad that you are here. I hope all of you had a good holiday weekend. You know, sometimes holidays are not very restful. Sometimes after a holiday weekend, I don't feel restful. So if you guys decide to fall asleep this morning, I'm okay with that. Just two things, don't snore and don't drool on your neighbor. They won't appreciate that. In all seriousness, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that whatever your week has been like, that when you come into this place, that you can find rest. That if only for an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half, that when you're at Cedar Mill Bible Church or you're watching a Cedar Mill Bible Church sermon online, that you can find rest. Hey, do me a favor real quick. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't fall asleep, though, but close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Now take a moment to think about a time or a place where you felt rested. Now open your eyes. You know, some of you may have seen uh, yourselves waking up in a bed surrounded by your favorite cozy pillows and blankets. I love a lot of pillows on my bed. Some of you maybe have seen yourself lying in a hammock somewhere, maybe in the woods or maybe in your backyard. Some of you maybe seen yourself in your favorite chair with a nice cup of tea or your beverage of choice, no judgment, and a nice book. Some of you may have seen yourself walking along the coast and feeling the ocean breeze, or maybe you're on a hike with friends and you're having a good time, or maybe you're just with your dog and you're throwing the ball. Some of you maybe have seen yourself in another country experiencing other foods and talking to other people. The point is that wherever you may have found yourself in that moment, you feel rested. And we all don't experience rest in the same ways. We have a variety of ways that we rest. But there are some things that are fundamental to feeling rested. And today is more of just um, a practical things that we can think through to where we feel rested. And so we're going to take a look at the prophet Elijah's story in 1 Kings chapter 9. I think it could teach us some things about what it means to really feel and experience rest. Last week, Dave highlighted Jesus' words in Mark 2, 27. He says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And that is true. However, the Sabbath day is one of the most overlooked commandments. It says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy in Exodus 28. It says, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor your foreigner residing in your towns. We're reminded here that for six days, the Lord 
worked for six days in the creation, and on that seventh day, he rested. To put it simply, Sabbath is an intentional, extended period time of rest, and God models this for us in the creation account. It doesn't necessarily tell us how he rested. All we know is that he did rest, and before rest, work preceded that. I think I've mentioned to you all before, I have a ton of streaming services. I think I've talked about this. It's a problem. It's not necessarily a restful thing, but sometimes I find something on one of those services that actually brings me stress, brings me rest because, not stress. (laughs) Sometimes it brings me stress, but sometimes it brings me rest. Thinking about things is one of the ways that I, um, that I rest sometimes. And so one of the things I've been watching recently is this show, and I'm forgetting the name, but it's a show about how people go on these really extravagant vacations or holidays, depending on where you're from, and they spend thousands and thousands of dollars. But unfortunately, something happens to where they don't end up getting rest. They come back just as exhausted and tired as they did when they left. And this is heartbreaking because it's when we find true rest that God reminds us that we're not part of a works-based faith. We're not part of a works-based faith. We've been invited to participate in the mission of God. And the mission is this, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, to love your neighbor as yourself, and to go in all the earth baptizing and making disciples. And all this comes from, first, having a relationship with him. It's in rest that we continue to be equipped to do the work that God has set before us and that we're reminded of who's in control of the work. And newsflash, it is not us. As I said, we're going to talk about the prophet Elijah. And for me, his experience highlights for us what rest is about. And it's not about a particular place or time, but it is about a posture. Rest is a posture we adopt and learn to walk in throughout our lives. So let's dive into the text. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to 1 Kings 19, 1 through 16. It's a large chunk of scripture, but I'm going to read that for us today. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. He says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the fo- that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he rested, until he reached Horeb the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. 
And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshah, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Meholah, to succeed you as a prophet. Please forgive me if I pronounced any of those names wrong. I'm sure I did. So let me give you some context. Prior to this, in 1 Kings 18, we read that Elijah had victory over hundreds of false prophets. He ended up killing them, these false prophets of, of Baal. And Jezebel, because of this, got mad at Elijah and is now trying to take his life. He is literally fleeing for his life. He's fearful. And so here we find Elijah, he is exhausted physically, mentally. He is depressed to the point of wanting to die, the text says. He literally wanted to die. And that was understandably so because there was very real chaos and hardship happening in his life to him and around him. And so we find him asking for death. And I want to stop for a moment, and I want to say this. I know that times in our world is, are hard. Mental health is a real struggle for many of us. It is very, very real. And it is incredibly important that we take care of our mental health. It's incredibly important that we remember that we can't take care of ourselves alone. We've been put in a community. So if you have struggled with thoughts of death or suicide, please, please, please reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, or reach out to one of us here on staff so that we can help you get the care that you need. Please. Scholars say that in this particular part of the text that Elijah is experienced, what many would describe today as burnout. How many of us have experienced burnout? I have before. You know that all the naps in the world may not take care of burnout. It is a deep soul condition. It is bone weariness. And some of you may be familiar with the acronym HALT. Have you heard of HALT? HALT is used usually with um, an addiction recovery. And HALT stands for hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And so this serves as an aid to help people who are struggling with addiction, but it can also help us to help them realize when they might be more prone to relapse. If you're feeling hungry, angry, lonely, tired, be mindful of your condition. Do a self-examination and figure out what you need to do to address those issues. In Elijah's story, we actually see God helping Elijah to address each one of these areas. Hungry, angry, lonely, 
tired by meeting his needs for rest. As I've been reading the story of Elijah over the last few weeks, I realized that the word rest actually forms a helpful acronym for us that can outline some things that we could put into practice to help us practice the posture of rest, not just one day a week, but 24-7. And so rest stands for this. Reassurance in prayer, eating, sleep, and take up the task that is set before you. And we're going to go through each one of these. The R, as I said, stands for reassurance in prayer. And throughout the text, we see Elijah enter a dialogue with God where he finds the reassurance he needs to move forward, taking one day at a time, one task at a time. It's when we stop to rest that the Lord will be faithful to meet us right where we're at. Do you believe that? That when you stop, the Lord meets you right where you're at and tends to your needs. You know, during the pandemic, we were forced into a Sabbath. Do you remember that? I'm sure some of you remember that. We were forced into a Sabbath. God gave us some extended period of time to rest. And a lot of us didn't do a very good job of resting with that extended period of time. We tried to fill the time with doing things, but it was hard to fill the time when everything around you is closed. We were forced to stop and to find our significance in something other than being busy or being productive. And that was difficult. Although we are not meant to shut down forever, I do believe that God wants us to carry the lesson of Sabbath rest that the pandemic taught us into our current season and for the rest of our life. He does not define your worth by your busyness or productivity. Let me say that again. He does not define your worth by your busyness or your productivity. If you think your business, your ministry, or your family will fall apart if you rest, then your thinking has become distorted. And if it falls apart when you rest, then it's important to realize that maybe that thing was on an unstable foundation to begin with. That's a hard reality to soak in. But Jesus himself reminds us of what happens when we build things on anything other than him. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, it says this, therefore, if everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain, came, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Some of our houses and our bodies are falling down because the foundation is not strong, and that foundation must be Jesus Christ. 
Next week, we're going to take some time to talk to um, our friends from Firm Foundations and Christ Ministries, and they're going to be doing a workshop and doing an info meeting after service in Room 101. They're going to be talking about how they help people to gain a firm foundation in Christ, sometimes through reassurance and prayer, through stopping we are reminded that Jesus is our firm foundation. And we find Elijah in this text needing to stop and be reminded of just that, the foundation that he needs to stand upon. That brings us to E. E stands for eating food. Wow, it's a no-brainer. But some of us don't realize this. You actually do have to eat and not just anything. There was this documentary that came out years and years ago. Um, it was called Supersize Me. Maybe you guys heard of this. Supersize Me, where the guy in the documentary, he ate McDonald's for 30 days straight, I believe. And by the end of it, you know, his liver was shriveling and dying. I mean, he was dying. His body was dying. You can't just eat anything. You must fill your body with nourishing Food. And sometimes when we get anxious or depressed, our appetite is the first to go for some of us. For some of us, when we get anxious or depressed, we start eating any and everything. All the brownies, all the cookies, all the chips and dips. Carrots are not our go-to things. They're not mine. I do like carrots, but they're not my go-to. We start having these unhealthy eating habits, and we have to take care of our bodies it's not about being a certain size. It's about being healthy so that you can do what God has set before you. But it's not just about eating actual food. It's also about eating the word of God. In our resurrection implication series, we spent time memorizing scripture. And we did that because it is important for us to digest God's word. It's important for us to put that into our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Proverbs 27.7 says this, One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter, tastes sweet. When we spend our time filling our bodies with unhealthy things, we don't even know good from bad anymore. We must fill our bodies with healthy things. Psalm 34, 8 through 10 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. One way to taste and see that the Lord is good is by getting in the word. Friends, get in the word. Consume the word. Our lives should be guided by the word of God. And Jesus is the living word, and he's giving us his word. It's through consuming his word on a regular basis that we can grow in the knowledge and understanding of him. If there is a hunger in you that isn't being satisfied it's because you're trying to fill it with all the wrong things. If after you've eaten a healthy and balanced meal, you're still starving, something isn't right. If there's a hunger in you, 
If there's a craving in you, God is the only person that can satisfy that hunger or that craving that never seems to be satisfied. That moves us to the S, and the S is sleep. Wow, so simple. Sleep. I'm not a very sound sleeper. Sleep is sometimes a struggle for me. But when I get good sleep, it's amazing. I do love to sleep. Sleep is necessary, and it's an essential part of rest. In verse 5, we see that Elijah is so tired that he lays down under a bush and goes to sleep. He was exhausted. Some of us know that feeling, that feeling of being exhausted in every way. Sleep is essential to our functioning. It allows our body to recharge medically. This is a fact. It allows our body to recharge so that we wake up refreshed and alert. Healthy sleep helps the body remain healthy to stave off diseases. Without enough sleep, your brain cannot function properly. If you're not sleeping and you're wondering, why can't I think clearly? Why aren't the words coming? It may be because you're not getting enough sleep. Not getting enough sleep can impair your abilities. However, getting too much sleep is just as bad for you as getting too little sleep. You are not meant to sleep forever. In fact, when you sleep too much, it puts you at higher risk for coronary disease, for a stroke. We weren't designed to sleep forever. How many of you are familiar with the story of Rip Van Winkle? Have you heard the story of Rip Van Winkle? There we go. The story of Rip Van Winkle is an old tale written by Washington Irving. And in the story, Rip is having some trouble at home. And he, you know, is having trouble with the kids, with the wife. And he's like, I got to get out of here. I got to go. So he gets his gun and he gets his dog and he heads off into the woods to hunt squirrels. That doesn't sound relaxing to me, but to him, that was something he wanted to do. So he goes squirrel hunting and eventually he loses track of time. And then he remembers like, oh my goodness, I've got to get home. So he starts heading back and then he runs into a stranger that distracts him. And so he and the stranger start drinking, originally because he's thirsty. He's been all day, he's thirsty, so they start drinking. But again, he loses track of time, and he drinks a little bit too much, and he gets a little drunk, and he falls asleep into a deep, 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 deep sleep. And so he wakes up one morning, and he's stiff, And he's sore, and he looks, and his gun is rusted, and his dog is gone. He's like, what in the world is going on? Come to find out, he has actually slept for 20 years. He has slept his whole life away. He's missed some significant parts of life. His kids are grown. His wife has actually passed away. And I think this is a lesson for us. Sleep is good, but eventually we must get up and live life. We can't let life 
pass us by. There's too much at stake. We can't use sleep as a way to escape the world. After Elijah had slept, the Lord actually tells him to get up. Get up. It's time to do something else. It's time for some of us to get up. We've been asleep too long, whether that's physically asleep or for some of us spiritually asleep. It's time to wake up. Get in the game. Let's get moving. That brings us to T. T stands for take up the task at hand. The Lord gives Elijah some directives here. After he was reassured, he ate and slept. The Lord gave Elijah some tasks to do. He tells him, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. He says, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, he then goes on to say, anoint Hazel, king of Aram. He also says, anoint Jehu, son of Nimsha. He also then goes on to say, anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat. The only things Elijah had to do was what the Lord was asking him to do and nothing else. We all have limits and God is aware of those limits. And just like Elijah, we're not called to do all the things. Some of you are trying to do all the things. You don't need to do all the things. You just need to do what the Lord has asked you to do. But we are called to do some things. Let's be clear about that. You're not just called to do nothing every day of your life. We must step into what those things are that God is asking us to do in this season. You know, churches all across the city find themselves in a place where they are looking for volunteers to get involved in ministries. And Cedar Mill is at that place too. Just like Elijah needed help from people where he was anointing prophets to help him, we too here at Cedar Mill need people to help us to run some of these crucial ministries that we have. And I know some of you are like, oh man, she's about to ask us to do something. You are correct. (laughs) I am about to ask you to do something. I am. As Jeremiah said, we have roles that need to be filled in our kids' ministry since reopening. We need your help. And it's not, it's not something where I'm trying to guilt trip you. It's just the facts. We need your help. The staff here at Cedar Mill cannot do these ministries alone. We need you to get involved, get in the game. We also need you to help us with hospitality, We need people to welcome people at the doors with your warm, smiling faces. We need people to help out with coffee. We need your help. And I know that some of you have been sitting here for a while and you've probably felt the Holy Spirit nudge you once or twice that, oh, maybe I should think about that. Maybe I should do that. And you've actually been avoiding doing it. Well, now's the time to stop avoiding it, to get up, and take up the task at hand. And after church, you have an opportunity to sign up to take up that task at hand. 
I'll be out there at the lobby tables. Jeremiah will be out there at the lobby tables. Please come and talk to us. Get more information. Sign up for more information. We would love for you to be a part of these two ministries at our church. And those aren't the only ministries. Gosh, no. But those are two areas that we need your help right now. For some of us, he may not be calling you to get involved in kids' ministry and hospitality, and that's okay. He's asking you to get involved in other things. He's asking you to partner with our missionaries. He's asking you to come alongside a neighbor. He's asking you to change a job. He's asking you some things, but whatever it is that he's asking you, he's expecting you that you would move out and that you would do that, that you would take up the task at hand. And you can only do that if you are rested and listening to him. Taking up the task at hand is kind of the completion of that rest. When you have all that you need, you can step back into the world confidently of what God has called you to do. And that's what God is calling us to do. And sometimes we spend a lot of times doing the wrong things and we wonder why we're so tired because we're trying to do all the things and we're doing the wrong things or we're doing the right things with the wrong posture. Parker Palmer, who is um, an author, I think he has since passed, but he wrote one of my favorite books called Let Your Life Speak. It's a really teeny tiny book. And it's about vocation, but it was life-changing for me. And in Let Your Life Speak, he says this, when I give something I do not possess, I give a false and dangerous gift a gift that looks like love, but is in reality loveless. A gift given more from my need to prove myself than from the other's need to be cared for. One sign that I'm violating my own nature in the name of nobility is a condition called burnout. Though usually regarded as the result of trying to give too much, burnout in my experience results from trying to give what I do not possess the ultimate in giving too little. Burnout is a state of emptiness, to be sure, but it does not result from giving all I have. It merely reveals the nothingness from which I was trying to give in the first place. Are you at a place in your life where you feel like you are giving from nothingness? If so, you need to remember that in order to rest, you must fill yourself up with Christ. Fill yourself up with Christ. Yes, there are practical things like eating and sleeping, but filling yourself up with Christ is the only way that you are going to feel fully rested. And in closing, I want to remind us of our acronym REST. What is it? The R is reassurance in prayer. Spend time meeting with God, not just talking to him, but in silence, listening to him. At one point in Elijah, it says that God whispered to him. Sometimes you've got to quiet the noise so that you can hear what God is trying to say to you. The second thing is E, eat but eat nourishing foods and consume the word of God. Don't neglect reading the word of God. You may not feel like it, 
but you have got to open that book, open that app, whatever you choose to do. You have got to get in the word of God. This is part of being a Christ follower. The next thing is sleep. Yes, sleep. Get the appropriate amount of sleep. If you're having trouble sleeping, you need to go see your doctor and talk about why you're having trouble sleeping. If you're sleeping too much, go see your doctor, talk about why you're sleeping too much. But sleep is necessary, but eventually you have to get up. Don't let life pass you by. And the last thing is T, take up the task that God has set before you. Spend time with the Lord discerning, God, what is it that you're asking me to do? What is it that you're asking me to do? What is it that you're, get, that you're asking me to get involved in? Remember, you don't have to spend time doing all the things. You just have to do what God has set before you to do. And it's important to find out what that is. So let me pray for us as the worship team comes back up. Father, we thank you so much just for who you are. We thank, we thank you that you are our safe place, that in you we find rest, we find peace, we find strength to move on to the next thing. God, I pray for each one of my friends, Lord. I pray for people in this room, Lord, who are experiencing burnout, who are experiencing depression, Lord. I pray, I pray that you meet them right where they're at, that you give them what they need, the healing that they need to move forward and through on to the other side, Lord. We thank you for a community that you've given us, Lord, that we can be here, that we can be honest, that we can be authentic, that we can rest, God. And so I pray that today and in the days forward, that each one of us would know your sincere love, that each one of us would know your sincere peace, and that each one of us would be listening to you to find out what it is that you've called us to in this season. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.